0: Mr. Klein's Cancion Tequila presents College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Bell Ford. See us at BellFord.com or visit the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Verizon Wireless, this is the 5G America's been waiting for. My College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. The ASU fans home the from home. Roger Klein's Tension Tequila. Whether it's a margarita or one of our specialty recipes, Roger Klein's is Arizona bread and ultra-smooth. Summer skates. Personalized shower shoes or hoosies for yourself or the entire team. Go to IcetimeHockeySW.com forward slash partners and order yours today. Buy OxyPow, our chemical free line. It's the funk out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive. You're not too old. M-Drive. For energy, stamina, recovery. And by NCHC.TV and the NCHC. Subscribe to watch all of the action of the week's eight teams. Home of college hockey champions. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequilas. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. You are listening to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, live. All
1: right, well, welcome in, college hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans as it may be. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. A little bit early today. Uh, okay, a lot early. Today it's a lot as, early. As everybody, everybody's on the road somewhere, uh, Terry's getting ready to fly back from Minneapolis to uh, Phoenix. I am uh, off of I-20 in uh, Pecos, Texas, on my way back to Phoenix. And uh, Paul Hornstein, I believe, is out on the road somewhere on Long Island.
2: Well, yeah, I am on Long Island, yeah. Um, you know, I don't... Get to be out of the, the world basement? traveler that you guys get to be, but,
1: uh, but out of the basement.
2: I am out of the basement, yes. I had to get my son <laughs> his first vaccine shot. Um, Kudos. And there, was no, and there was no way to make it home in time. So he's out gallivanting, and I'm sitting in the car ah. <laughs> just like you are.
1: <laughs> Kudos. I love this technology. It's working great. Just what we wanted. Uh, yeah, well, apparently the only one that'll be comfortable is Michael. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't know who Michael is, it's Michael Weissman, the uh, Director of Communications for the NCHC. We're going to be bringing him on here in just a couple of minutes. But before we start talking NCHC hockey, Paul, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on around the the world of college hockey. We touched on it a little bit on uh, Sunday night, but coaches moving from here to here. Players moving from here to here. New programs starting up. New buildings coming up. What do you know for us?
2: Well, um, the, uh, David Berard, who was the head coach at Holy Cross, uh, is now the assistant athletic director for men's and women's hockey at Providence, uh, which was the job held by Rico Blasi before he became the head coach at St. Thomas, which starts in October. Um, and as long as we're playing Kevin Bacon degrees of separation, uh, we're scheduled to have coach Blasey on Sunday night.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. It's going to be great uh, to bring him on and talk about that because that, that's not your normal uh, startup or move no, up. it's moving it's up from division three to uh, division one. Um, there's so many different things. I'm sure we'll get into that with him on that. So Sunday night's going to be a fantastic show. Um, I just came from the World Juniors, as most people know. i right. uh, been there for 10 days in Frisco, Texas. More than 10 days. It must be like 12 days. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, stayed through the quarterfinals. Um, let me tell you what I saw over the 12 days in kind of a capsulized formula. Um, the Russians are good. The Finns right. are good. Um, the Americans and the Swedes, I think, were about equal. I don't think last night's uh, Swedish victory really gave uh, – uh, a whole lot of credence to who was better and who wasn't. But then there's Canada, and oh my goodness, uh, they just toy with you, right? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they score when they want, they, they back off when they want, they press when they want, they slow down when they want, um, they score when they want. Did I say that already? Yeah, they score when Probably. they want. And uh, a 10-3 to victory over Czech Republic, and the Czech Republic didn't know what hit them. Um I am thrilled to tell you that the uh, the 15-year-old <laughs> that was the player of the game for Canada uh, Connor Bedard is going to join us on a podcast uh, once he gets back to Canada and gets through quarantine I talked with his dad last night and they're thrilled to bring Connor on so keep in mind yeah, sure. folks 2023 or 2024 we still haven't pinned down for sure what his draft year is he is predicted to be the number one overall pick, a la Austin Matthews.
2: All right, so we're not talking about uh, Victor Penman at that point, right? Uh, that was well, a, Victor, another supposed number one coming up on you know, another number one pick, right?
1: No, no, Victor is Victor is the guy that hooked me up. Victor's son played with
2: uh, Connor. Oh, Pinar. you used a different name. Okay, okay. Well, all right. Well, now I'm all confused, but that's not. Yeah, news. well. But, Victor is a
1: huge ASU supporter. Uh, lives in Vancouver. Has got a condo in Scottsdale, and has followed us since day one. So he oh, okay. last night was was texting me, going, um, "Do you know that my son used to play with Connor Bedard? But Connor was 12 at the time and played on the on the 15U team, and led everybody in scoring in that category at 12 years old. This year, he led the WHL." before coming on to Team Canada um, in scoring as a 15-year-old. And then he was overtaken now by uh, Peyton Krebs, who is the uh, draft pick of the Golden Knights, who just came up to play for the Golden Knights last night. Right. So, uh, boy. So now I'm all
2: confused, right?
1: Yeah, you're you're, you're confused, all right. But I can tell you one thing. When you're 15 and they're already projecting you down three years from now to be the – the number one overall draft pick, and you lead your team against 18-year-olds and you're playing in the WHL against 20-year-olds, I understand that uh, he won't be a college student because he did also spend some time playing professional hockey in Sweden during the uh, the pandemic last year, just to keep his... Uh... Well,
2: first of all, if you're the number <laughs> one pick, you're probably not playing anything <laughs> other than the National Hockey League about three months after you're picked, so... <laughs> Uh, right. as, as, as much as we'd like to see uh, guys play, especially college hockey, um, it's that's, you, you know, based on the timing, something might happen. But, and, and I'm only saying maybe, but the fact of the matter is, you're the number one pick. You're not doing anything. You're not, you are not playing college. You are not going over to Europe to play. You are not going to play in the minor leagues. You are going to be on that opening night roster. So so Victor sent me a message last night during the game. He goes, told me about
1: that. And then I said, hey, would you like some pictures? I think I got some. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'll send them to Connor's dad. So I said, okay. So Victor being the middleman as he was, um, <laughs> I, I was taking some pictures and I turned on my video because I was in the second row and they don't let anybody sit in the front row. So I was like right against the glass. And uh, I turned on my the video part on my phone as they were going on a power play. And sure enough, Connor Bernard scored scored a goal right right after I turned it on. So I sent it to Victor goes, Hey, that's cool. And then I sent him about another 20 pictures I've taken of a kid, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was just so much fun um, to be around there. Um, the IIHF did a wonderful job. The uh, USA hockey did a wonderful job. Uh, they had to do what they had to do to keep people separated. It's just the way it was, but Man, oh, man. I mean, uh, they spread people out of the arena. At one Saturday night, I guess, they had 2,800 people. That was the max in that building, which holds about 6,000. So uh, it was uh, it was different, but a lot of great college kids coming up. Uh, one of them we already talked about is uh, the defenseman headed to Denver and Sean Barons. Oh, my goodness. Sean Barrens, there's not much he can't do. And once he gets a little bit uh, bigger, stronger, and uh, and adapt to the college style, he's going to be a star defenseman.
2: Well, listen, I mean, he was definitely best player on the ice last night for the U.S. Yeah, without um, a doubt. Um, he, he had a really good tournament. Um, you know, it just it, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, the U.S. usually medals in that tournament. I think this is only like the – Third or fourth time in the last twenty years that they have not. It's just unfortunate that uh, it happened on home ice. Um, it would have been nice to see them get a medal on home ice. And 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 by the way, you know, having that tournament in Texas, um, does can can we now just say that the Dallas Stars? have made Texas a hockey market? Uh, yeah, boy.
1: For At sure, least North for Texas sure. anyway? For sure, for sure, for sure. And I can tell you that if you go down a little bit farther south Texas, Austin has a pretty nice facility down there, too, for the Texas stars of the AHL. But, yeah, as you know, Paul, I also went over and saw some ECHL hockey uh, yeah. next door in Allen, Texas. And, goodness gracious, what a great uh, – I don't know, I just – it, this is how I judge things, I guess, is when I show up somewhere and I, if I get good hospitality and, and just get treated nicely first, first and foremost, it's so great. And um, I'll tell you a little story quickly before we bring Michael on. But um, Steve Martinson, the coach, the longtime coach, the second winningest coach in all of hockey behind Scotty Bowman, um, mm-hmm. is, is also the general manager. And his wife, Michelle, runs the team store. So on Tuesday, when I went over there to try to see if I could get credentials, I went in there and I told her who I was and and what I was going to do, a little feature that'll be up uh, very shortly on the uh, what drives you. She said, well, I'll tell you what, I don't know why we couldn't get you credentialed, but if we can't, I have four tickets and you can have them. (laughs) And and at the time, I didn't know who she was, right? So I'm going like, the lady and the – and she goes, yeah, we don't use them all the time, so – you, you can have our tickets if you don't get the... Uh, well, and lo, lo and behold, not only did they credential me for the weekend, <laughs> but they credentialed me for the entire year. They said, we want you well, to come yeah, back it's, again. It's, we play games May. till June. I know, but we it's play May. games until June. So if you want to come <laughs> back again, you are more than welcome. Uh, so that, that's just the way it was. Everybody was so friendly. I, I saw two police officers there, and the one said to the other, Uh, What door do you want? And he said, I guess it
2: doesn't matter. We know everybody here anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. Well, Uh, listen, it uh, must be nice to be royalty. You know, and I just, (laughs) I'm stuck here in the car. Normally I'm in the basement and, you know, I'm not the world traveler. I'm just, Uh, you know, I'm just the schlub. And,
3: uh,
2: (laughs) you know, that's the way that goes, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so anyway, what else? Talk, what else? We're here to talk college hockey. Right. What else? did what? Oh, I was going to say what else? I mean, I'm trying to think of the things that we we touched on on Sunday. Uh, UConn is opening up a new building in a couple of years, about the same time as ASU. Um, okay. So uh, Ed Ropeson Arena that's in Colorado
1: happening. College is
2: very right. near. That's going to be they this will year,
1: open, isn't, isn't it? Fall. Yeah, yeah, this fall.
2: This fall, Sheets yeah. Are,
1: Seats are in. I saw them moving stuff into the lockers and moving the equipment people over there, so they're getting closer and closer. Um,
2: and Sacred Heart is supposed to have their building, uh, maybe not in October of next year, but uh, sometime before Christmas of, okay. of the twenty-two twenty-three season. So there's all kinds of building going on in college hockey, and I, I know we haven't talked about it, and I'll probably bring it up with Michael. Uh, not that I would expect him to 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 have answers in terms of of reality or not, but uh, you know, in his job, when when he hears stuff like uh, Tennessee State having a feasibility study in conjunction with the Nashville Predators, um, those kinds of things have to go out, have to go and be talked about in, in, in offices like the NCHC offices, you know, uh, it has to come up. Um, you know, all of a sudden Lindenwood is now out on the major websites about their possibility of going division one. Um,
1: okay. Stop,
2: stop, stop. Uh, let me stop, finish I know stop. where you're going with this. I know where you're going with this. Okay. My point okay. is we had that three weeks ago. At least. Yeah. Anyway. Well. Anyway, when, anyway. Well. Whenever you had the commissioner on the
1: air. Yeah, that's a month ago. Lindenwood. Wood about a month going, ago. Yeah. Yeah. Lindenwood is going Division One. They're going to make an official "quote unquote" announcement this summer. Um, everybody's known it. It's the worst kept secret in college hockey. Uh,
2: right. And and the, the, the situation now is. Go ahead. And the and, and and part of the reason and the parallels are there with ASU, is there was a change in leadership in the athletic department. Oh, The question that that Ray Anderson... Of course it makes a difference, because (laughs) the question that Ray Anderson got asked six years ago when he was asked about if the money was there, would you be for ASU having NCAA hockey... He said, of course. Okay. The previous administration said, no, we're not interested. Well, the same thing happened at Lindenwood. Okay, Despite their ACHA success, uh, their administration, their athletic administration, said, we're not interested. And a couple of years ago, that changed. Sure. So it does matter. And, 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 you know well my point way, being on that
1: this way we know this well what i wanted to follow up on that was that's exactly the situation i think uh the guys over at unlv are they they're ready to go and they're they're just waiting on a possible athletic director change again uh, <laughs> i already told you how important football uh, was boy. to them in their yes. new building and they didn't have it so um anyway let's uh Let's uh, take one quick break and let's come back and let's bring on the Director of Communications from the NCHC, Michael Weissman, in about two minutes.
0: The nation's top
4: teams. America's number one
0: conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv, are home for more Live games. Stream anywhere from the start of the season leading
2: up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on
0: nchc.tv.
3: Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm so guessed. you're way too old to hit that target from there. Our business. Ah!
0: Running through my head, locked and locked.
4: Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award winning taste since 2011.
1: All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's um, Cancion Tequila. Scott Strandy joining you, Pecos, Texas, I believe, off of I 20 at a Loves parking lot. Uh, My co-host, somewhere on Long Island, Paul Hornstein, and I'm guessing our guest, Michael Weissman of the NCHC, is probably in those comfortable offices watching deer and bear walk by. Michael, Scott, and Paul,
3: with you, how are you? Hey, guys, good to be back (laughs) with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely. Oh, and I, I'll confirm, I, I am probably the most comfortable. I'm actually sitting on my couch uh, in my apartment with, <laughs> oh, with, my, with, oh, oh. with my cat laying next to me. I'm not in the office today. I'll be in the office tomorrow. But uh, but yeah, I am I am comfortable. So I can confirm that. Well,
1: let me tell you this, Michael. I am equally as comfortable now because uh, you saw my tweet this morning. Uh, when I travel uh, 14-hour days in a car, on come the NCHC sweatpants, the uh, the dry fit shirt, and the uh, and the hooded sweatshirt. I am all NCHC every time I travel. The most comfortable traveling outfit I own. Thank you, well, my friend.
3: Absolutely love to hear it. Glad you were able to stop by a couple weeks ago, and, and we able to hook you up. And yeah, thanks for representing Thank Paul. I, I hope Scott sent you what I what I gave him to to pass along. Uh, he did,
2: and uh, I love the deep pockets on that hoodie.
3: Great, Thank you very, great. Very much. Absolutely. It is definitely comfortable, so I'm glad yeah. uh, Scott. I know you've been on the road for a while, so I'm glad you're getting I'm just lucky Good you use said- out of it. Well, I was worried about that. I thought he might <laughs> keep it for himself or something, but you, you know, should be. Glad he got it.
1: I'm just glad it fit him, Michael. That's all I was worried uh, about. yeah, shut up, you. Some of us some of us <laughs> eat, some of us like to eat more than the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I asked
3: about the size, so hopefully hopefully it fits. Yeah, it's all good. Good, dog good. Dog. Well, well, it sounds like we got competition in terms of hospitality because I heard you talking about uh, the uh, it was the Allen Americans and the when you were oh, down there in Texas that were the hospitality there. I, I hope the frozen faceoff was was uh, as good.
1: Oh, it, it was equally as good, if not better. Okay. But uh, okay. I, I will tell you, Michael, that uh, the the trip I've been on, as you know, I started on April fifth. I left uh, my house, and I will be home tomorrow on May fifth. So I've been to uh, a USHL BioSteel and uh, US Team Development Program uh, All-Star Game. I've been to the Frozen Four. I've been back to Colorado to see you and do a little feature at Air Force and see two AHL games of the Colorado Eagles and Bakersfield Condors. Then I saw six days' worth of ACHA hockey in St. Louis. Then I drove to Plano, Texas, where I've been for the last 12 days, and uh, – even with COVID, Michael, what a great job everybody's done, keeping people safe, and uh, anytime you can watch the best under-18 players and people say, well, why would you want to go there? I said, I'll tell you. I got four names, Red Savage, um, Sean Barrons, Jack Devine, and Ty Murchison. All of them are going to be playing college hockey along with the rest of that American roster, but those are the guys, two of them are going to be at Denver University, university of denver there There you go you You got it you're learning (laughs) (laughs) but Uh, um you you guys made an announcement too and that's part of the reason why i wanted to have you on other than just to talk with you and see if i could maybe get a couple of beers again sometime
3: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely anytime you're Um, you're out in colorado happy to happy to have you we got to get paul out here one of these days
2: i'm trying did you did you guys run out of red carpet because Clearly, with all the places that he's been, there's going to be a red carpet shortage very, very soon.
3: Well, I, I thought, I, you know, I thought uh, the pod was a lot of hockey, but Scott's got me beat. I mean, he's all, he's all over the place for a month straight. So that is, that oh, is some geez. dedication. I, I was in Pittsburgh too, Scott, but I don't know that we actually, uh, maybe we, we waved from a, we wave from afar there. But,
1: uh. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> okay, so, so you guys made an announcement on the 21st of April for the the schedule, and Paul and I loved it. That's why we love this conference, because you guys are on top of it. Uh, You're the most professional, and you're easily the best conference in college hockey. That's the kudos. Um, Well, thank you. But but it's great to see a schedule come out, because, you know, first and foremost, Michael, that brings normalcy to what's been a very abnormal 15 months, 16 months. Um, So we're happy to see that. But second of all, uh, it's good to see, uh, for planning purposes, where the big games are going to be, especially in the NCHC. So if you could tell us a little bit about the, the process of putting together that and, um, and, and how you guys go about it. And, and if there any rhyme or reason to what you do.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, hopefully we'll actually be able to use this year's schedule because we, we put out, a, <laughs> we put out, we put out a, a conference schedule. Uh, we ended up having, a season, but used a completely different schedule and scheduling format. But uh, yeah, you know, full, full, steam ahead this year, or I guess in the next season uh, we're planning on a regular schedule, kind of using our regular format. Uh, we're planning on, on, non-conference games teams will release their non-conference schedules on their own time. So kind of the release you referenced was, was only conference games for the 21, 22 season. But uh, in terms of actually putting it, putting it together um, there is, there's definitely some, some rhyme or reason to it. Um, so we have eight teams. Uh, Each team has a protected uh, rivalry partner, so to speak. So Miami and Western Michigan, uh, the two Minnesota schools in in, uh, Minnesota Duluth and St. Cloud State, uh, North Dakota and Omaha, and then the two Colorado schools in Colorado College in Denver. Uh, Those teams are, are quote-unquote, paired together, and so they will always play each other uh, four times, one home series, one away series, or or for the gold pan, they split their home and home series. Uh, But they will always play each other four times every season, uh, in the last couple seasons, we've actually ended the season uh, with teams playing their rivalry partner uh, just to help with travel. So teams are kind of close to home, even if you're on the road. It's not a long trip uh, to get home before you would normally head into the quarterfinal round again last this past year, you know, being a little bit unique. But um, we actually still did end against our rivalry partners even this past year. Um, so that that's kind of where the, the ending comes from, and those games are guaranteed. And then um, aside from that, at leaves six other teams, and we basically have a six year rotation uh, where teams will play um, all of those t- other six teams twice home and away, except one team they will only play at home uh, for one series, and one team they will only play on the road for one series. Um, and so ultimately, that gets you 12 series or 24 games, uh, which is what we play and what we've the number of conference games we've used uh, every year so far. Um, and so uh, that's that's kind of the, the rhyme or reason we're, we are actually in the second uh, go-round of our six-year rotation. We're uh, heading into season nine. Um, and so we're in the middle of our second six-year rotation. So we have a couple of years uh, left on our current schedule rotation. Um, and then we actually voted uh, to take what was going to be the 2021 schedule uh, or that rotation, at least, uh, of t- opponents and teams and move that to the end of this current cycle uh, and so that'll go on on the end of this at the 25, 26 season. So um, we just released the 21, 22 schedule, but uh, to be honest, I'm already actually working on the 23, 24 schedule, uh, 22, really? 20, 20, Yeah. 22, 23 is, is uh, under lock and key, but it is, it is uh, in, in otherwise approved and finished. Um, and so, yeah, we, we actually try to work about three years out uh, in terms of conference schedules uh, the, the rhyme uh, reason being, it allows uh, our teams to know when they're playing and, where they may have openings for non-conference games. Uh, we try to keep the first at least three, maybe four weekends in October open for non-conference all the time. Um, but there are obviously other gaps they can help fill in. Um, and it also helps with travel a little bit. They can know budget wise where, you know, where are they traveling in the conference? Maybe they would, if they're not traveling as far in conference, they would take a trip out east for non-conference. You know, if it's Miami and they do have to come to Colorado twice to play Denver and CC, you know, maybe they don't want to take as, as far of a non-conference trip. Um, so, yeah, we, we try to keep it about three years out. Um, obviously, things can change, and sometimes a team, something comes up and we have to adjust. But, uh, yeah, so 22-23 so in terms of the the weekends and the opponents is basically approved, and, and now I'm working on collecting uh, schedule preferences and working on the 23-24 schedule.
2: Well, here's a question for you. Um, first of all, does the schedule always come out this early? I don't usually pay attention, or at least I haven't in the past, to schedule releases um uh, more to specific teams as opposed to to the conference schedules does it always come out this early
3: so uh that's something we've kind of done i would say we're unique in that aspect i don't think any other conference has released their schedule yet and typically doesn't uh this i guess early in the season or or right at the end of the previous season mm-hmm. um we you know part of our thought last year was you know we had a disappointing end with our tournament being canceled and we were maybe a little too optimistic and thought, let's just go ahead and put out the schedule, you know, thinking <laughs> foolish us, that things would be, you know, back to normal by the fall. Right. Right. Um, and so we thought we'd be optimistic and put that out, but, but that ball. was, yeah. yeah right. Um, uh, but that was really in, in staying consistent to answer your question, Paul, that, that we typically do release it, uh, in April after the frozen four, uh, usually a week or two after, um, we feel like okay. fans are still kind of in the hockey mode. Um, hockey is still on the sports side landscape radar a little bit. Um, and so we feel like, um, getting it out there kind of now or in April, um, gets, gets, keeps people excited. It gives them, you know, a chance to look forward to road trips or trips they want to make, make next fall. Um, and so that's kind of been, I don't know if we've done that since, you know, really, I guess year two. Um, but we've certainly done it the last, I would say five or six years, put it out sometime in April, um, a week or two after the frozen four. Um, and then, like I said, non-confidence really falls on the school. So some, do release it at the same time. Um, I think only Miami maybe from our conference has so far. Um, I think I did see a couple other teams uh, out east have ever released some schedules. I think Alaska released their schedule. So um, a couple teams released them, but uh, you'll definitely see more later in the the summer and as we get into the fall.
2: Well, here's a question for you then, as long as do do teams or schools say, hey, uh, and we'll use Miami and Western Michigan, I guess at Have they come to you and said, can we just go play Denver and CC back-to-back weekends so we don't have to make extra trips?
3: Um, They have not made that request, no. Um, It it actually turns out that Miami is playing back-to-back St. Cloud and Duluth on the road this coming season. Okay. Um, And so I know they're working with those schools to see if they can move one series maybe to a Saturday-Sunday and then the other one to either a Wednesday-Thursday or more likely a Thursday-Friday um, so that, you know, they don't have to stay up there a whole week in the hotel, but they would prevent from having to, you know, go back to Oxford and then back up three days later. Uh, but but Uh, that, that, I think that was more of a, a kind of a by chance thing. I don't think that was anything that necessarily was, was planned per se. Miami obviously signed off on it. Um, but no, that's not something that's, that's been requested. Um, I think it's tough to stay in a, a place for a full week with hotel and uh, missing school this past year was maybe a little bit unique in where that, that would have been a possibility and, and was something that we had actually looked at before we ultimately decided on the pod and kind of going with divisions. But um, yeah, at one point we had looked at pairing Miami, Western, CC, and Denver in a division. and Basically, yeah, teams would make a trip out east or west and play both teams. Um, obviously, we, we went a different direction. So um, to answer your question, no, that's that's not really been discussed, but it's certainly something that's kept kind of in the back of our mind and, and did come up a little bit last year.
2: Well, hopefully, uh, and Scott will tell you that I'm all for this and you can let these guys know, that a Wednesday, Thursday after a Saturday, Sunday <laughs> series is very nice um, because we don't get a lot of games on Wednesdays and Thursdays during a normal season, and, I, and, and I'm all for that. Um, yeah, if, so you like- if you guys don't mind, let them know that uh, I'm <laughs> requesting it.
3: Yeah, I'll talk. I'll talk to, I'll talk to uh, Scott Sandlin and, and Chris Bergeron. It'll be it'll be like the pod again, right? We'll have hockey like yes, all, all seven yes, all seven days of the week. Yes, <laughs> everyone, everyone, every, uh, It's oh. funny because everyone's like, oh, I kind of missed the pod. You know, we got so spoiled. We had games seven days, you know, six days a week. So, yes, yes. Well,
2: uh, listen, at least I wasn't crazy enough to ask for that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I, the pod was quite an experience, but I, I think I would. Uh, politely uh, pass if, if offered that chance again. Okay, so
1: Michael, a couple things. Uh, Sunday night we had uh, Jordan McAlpine on from Omaha, and I know he does uh, some coverage for you guys too at the mm-hmm. NCHC, and man, what a great kid he was. We could have talked to for two hours, so um, shout out to Jordan for that, but uh, yeah, he he's was great. talking about – yeah. He might not, he might not be against coming back into a pod with fans. He said, uh, at least a mini pod. <laughs> so
3: yeah, uh, I think uh, go
1: ahead. if Jordan stirs that up, uh, it came from him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, he, uh, he, uh, he actually did a lot of writing for us in the pod. So he, he was, he was there for almost every game and uh, did a lot of recaps and, and kind of features for us on our website. And yeah, he's, He's got a bright future ahead of him, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if I agree with him on that. I, I know a lot of fans said maybe some sort of a mini tournament where we right. bring in some teams and play some kind of like a, a pre, not a preseason, but yeah, you know, in season tournament with fans, and I could, I could get behind like a week or two, but yeah, I don't know, three, three weeks with uh, two or three games <laughs> a day, that was, that was, that was a bit much uh, for me. If maybe if all the SIDs were there and, and we had a little more help, I, I would be a little more on board with it. <laughs> Okay, so let me
1: let me jump into it. Uh, Friday, November 5th is the kickoff of the 2021-22 season, but the thing that caught my eye, and I think a lot of people are happy about this, I know Grand Forks did a fantastic job uh, with the frozen face-off, but um, Friday and Saturday, March 11th to the 13th, uh, we're going to have NCHC quarterfinals again. Which I think Hopefully. are going to be really exciting. Accept- yeah, knock on wood, <laughs> rightfully. Right, And then, and then also, we're targeting back at the Excel Energy Center for the Frozen Faceoff, if everything goes as planned down the stretch. Correct.
3: Absolutely, yeah. We're excited. Uh, it's hard to believe. You know, we signed a, a five-year deal with Excel Energy Center back in uh, 2018, and we're we're already on the last or heading into the last year of our our deal there, which is hard to believe. Cause you know, the last two years we just haven't had there in 2020, it was canceled. And, and as you said, 2020 one, uh, Ralph Engelstad uh, arena did a great job in grand Forks. So uh, we're definitely excited to be back in St. Paul, as you said, assuming uh, everything goes as planned, which, you know, knock on wood, we're, we're planning for that. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, we'll have a fan fest and we'll be able to get fans back in the arena, you know, whether that's, at, you know, total full capacity or some, you know, 50% or limited capacity, you know, that's that's still to be determined. We're, we're quite a ways away from that still. But um, definitely planning to have fans and um, get that excitement back in, in an NHL building. And it's good to see the Wild having success uh, this season. So maybe that will kind of carry over in, into some of the excitement next year.
2: So what happens if, uh, if um, you guys are putting out stuff two or three uh, or setting stuff up? Two or three years in advance. Uh, what happens if things change? Not that I want to break out the three hundred pound gorilla, but
3: <laughs> in terms of in terms of like uh, if teams were to change or things yeah, like that.
2: Teams were to change. Yeah,
3: let's, let's say. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about that. <laughs> you want to talk about the elephant in the room? Um, yeah. No, I, I mean, obviously, we go back to the drawing board um, and 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 yeah, have to have to adjust our schedules. Whether you know, depending on the number of teams or, or who the teams are. Um, we would have to change, but, um, you know, we, we work ahead based on what we know, right? So um, right. as of right now, we're we're happy with the eight teams we have and um, feel our membership is strong. And so that's, you know, that's what we plan with. Um, like you said, if if we were to change our membership, whether that's um, swapping out or adding new teams and we become nine or 10 uh, team conference, then certainly, yeah, we would have to look at a, at a different model because our, our current scheduling model, wouldn't work in and, and the same would, you know, potentially be said to, to the postseason format, right? Obviously if there's a different number of teams you potentially would have to change that. So um, those are things, you know, that, that come up and we had our annual meeting uh, virtually of course, uh, of course last week <laughs> with our last with our athletic directors and faculty athletics representatives. And um, there was certainly some, some membership discussion there. Um, you know, n- nothing uh, hard, fast, but uh, it's, it's something we always keep an eye on and, you know, got to keep uh Keep up with what's going on in landscape. I know you guys were talking about Lindenwood being added and um, or potentially being added, I should say. And we've obviously seen St. Thomas. St. Thomas okay, announced Michael, their... Michael, 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 Michael,
1: Michael. Stop, stop. <laughs> Lindenwood is coming on board in two years. The commissioner of the ACHA, of which they play their games, said that they are formally – Drying up a schedule this year to play ACHA teams in their home building and uh, a hybrid schedule of NCAA teams on the road. Uh, So
3: I know you don't have
2: to comment, Michael. We know you you, can't. You
1: don't have to say anything. That's
3: okay. You're more in the loop than I am, there, Scott. (laughs) So I take your I take your word on it. But uh, no, it sounds like what Arizona State did a little bit, right, when they had the hybrid uh, ACHA and then uh, and some some D1 varsity teams.
1: Well, yeah, but course, let, let me tell you—that's why hold I asked a the question, Paul, though, Michael. Paul, hold on a second. I got to tell Michael this okay. one. Uh, right okay. now, there's a lot of battle going on between uh, ACHA schools and Lindenwood uh, because Lindenwood is "quote unquote" under the uh, uh, premise that they can bring student athletes in this season and put them on scholarship and let them play a. Uh, ACHA and NCAA schedule so that some of the ACHA coaches are really up in the air with that they're going like hey we can't be competing against NCAA level talent uh, while you guys are building this hybrid season so uh, it's yet to be seen what's going to happen that the caveat in it all is that Lindenwood is the uh, host school for the 2022-21-22 uh, um, national tournament in St. Louis So they kind of want to have a team in there. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I can imagine, (laughs) yeah.
1: (laughs) And they're not sure if they're going to be able to keep an NCAA program and an ACHA D1 program and staff them both and all of that. So uh, it's kind of a little bit of a mess, and I think that's why they're holding off on an official announcement. But like I said, uh, I've been told anyway from the commissioner of the the, uh, WCHL-ACHA conference that they're definitely making the jump and it's going to be this year. Uh, as far as the hybrid next year, as far as all NCAA, So we need lockers. We all know that. We have the guys on from Alaska. We hope that Alaska Anchorage gets saved because we need more lockers, which leads me into the question, uh, what about this portal deal? (laughs) You and I talked about it over a couple of beers, I think, and maybe a couple of bees thrown at us. (laughs) But but what about this portal deal? Uh, Your thoughts on that again publicly, what do you think of it?
3: Uh, I mean, it's, it's definitely different, right? It's, it's a unique circumstance. I think there's a couple things kind of feeding into it. Um, obviously the NCAA passed the new one-time transfer rule, uh, that, allows, uh, that, that, um, other Olympic sports had, but, but wasn't, didn't apply to, you know, football, uh, men's and women's basketball, ice hockey, I believe baseball, and maybe even softball. Uh, if you transferred, uh, within the same division, you had to sit out a year, um, and they've passed the rule that basically saying in all sports, now you get a one-time uh, free transfer where you can transfer and, and play immediately the next year. So I think there are some um, student athletes who see that as an opportunity. Maybe they just aren't happy with the playing time or with the situation or um, the school. And so they see that as a, you know, this is the first time they, they wouldn't have to miss a year and they can, they can move to another school. But I think the the bigger uh, factor is, is the extra year that's been granted to all the seniors and really everyone who played this past season by the NCAA and on all sports. Uh, due, to the, due to the pandemic, they granted an extra year of eligibility. And so every single senior who, you know, in theory would have been done playing college hockey now has an extra year where they can play college hockey. And I think you're seeing some teams, you know, maybe the better seniors are sticking uh, at their schools or maybe maybe they're even not and wanting to try something else. Um, And so you're seeing a lot of the movement of seniors who have this extra year who maybe they don't want to turn pro yet, but want to play one more year of college hockey and kind of see it as a a free year and they can start over and play somewhere new or different. Um, If if they played three or four years at their current school, uh, they want to to go somewhere else. And so I think that's why you're seeing so many names uh, in the transfer portal this year. And you may see it for the next year or two, even after this, because as I said, everyone who played this season has an extra year now. Um, but hopefully over the next three or four years um, it'll kind of settle down and you won't have all those extra years and, and teams I, I believe will still only have kind of their uh, 18 scholarship uh, limit I, I believe this coming year it's the NSA is allowed more but um, I don't know how many teams will really be able to take advantage of that so I think that's why you see all this movement in the portal and in terms of is it good or bad you know I, I don't know I, mean, I think players deserve the ability to be able to you know go where they want and be happy but Um, I think it could cause some problems with, you know, whether you want to call it poaching or tampering or recruiting a guy who's, you know, currently on a team. Um, You know, I just need to be a little bit careful of that.
2: Okay. Well, here's, and those kinds of things is why I asked the question and phrased it the way I did, because you said you guys had your meetings last week. Now these rumors and things were public last week i I mean they get discussed do they not when you guys have these meetings because how could you not
3: when you say rumors what rumors are you well
2: like for example the stuff with lindenwood (laughs) and the 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 story being put out uh last week uh in tennessee about uh and i realize it's only a feasibility study about tennessee state you guys have to talk about these things in your meetings don't you
3: yeah, I mean, I certainly saw the article about Tennessee State. I, that's definitely intriguing. And I think it's great that the, the Predators are helping kind of spearhead that. And obviously, there's no, never been an HBCU Division One hockey program. So that would, would certainly be great from a diversity standpoint for college hockey. Um, yeah, I mean, as I kind of mentioned, we, I think every annual meeting, we have at least some form of a land, national landscape discussion, what's out there, what are the moving parts Um, I know our commissioner, Josh Fenton, touches base, at least more so with the Western commissioners, Um, whether it's Bill Robertson at the WCHA, uh, Don Lucia, who's the commissioner of the the new CCHA, the old, new, whatever you want to call it, uh, (laughs) refounded CCHA with some new teams, um, you know, or or the Big Ten, um, who's obviously out there and has a hockey conference. Um, And so I know he's had discussions with them about where they stand with things, where their membership stands. Um, and so those are discussions. Yeah, we, we certainly had discussions. Um, Arizona State's obviously out there. I know that's, you know, probably your bigger focus and they're still. Me? No, I don't know what
1: you're talking
3: about. Yeah, right. You guys don't talk about them. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, we, we certainly discussed um, Arizona State and, and kind of membership as a whole. And um, it was it was good, healthy discussion. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes from it. <laughs> Man, that's, that's probably about as much as I can say. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I'm going to give you a ch- Wait, hold on, Scott.
3: I'm going to okay. give you
2: a chance, Michael, to school oh, me. Okay. Um, And and, and once again, you brought it up. So, so I feel uh, okay to do this Um, (laughs) since you are the guy in charge of the schedule, so to speak. um, I go on this (laughs) tirades on a regular basis about even numbers and odd numbers. Okay. Since most of the conferences have odd numbers, I, I, I don't understand what the problem is. Why? why every story that we hear has, to, well, they have to have somebody to come in with them. So it stays even
3: school me. Yeah. I think it's I uh, I don't know that I have a strong opinion one or the other. I think <laughs> it's it's a, it's a mixed, it's a mixed bag. Um, I think there are certainly coaches maybe who have some trepidation about feeling like they'll have an off weekend a lot, but if you think about it it'd really only be once every nine weeks, yeah. right? It's once yeah. over a rotation. Um, so, you know, I think that's, that's where some of that trepidation comes from. Um, Chris Mayotte, the, who was, you know, recently hired as the new head coach at Colorado college came from Michigan and, and, um, you know, I, he didn't seem to have a problem with it. the, uh, as you kind of alluded to the big 10 has seven teams, um, and that, that he didn't seem to think it was an issue for them. So he didn't seem to think it was concern. I know there were some other coaches that, that did, um, you know, have a little bit more trepidation, but I, it's also a fear of the unknown, right? You, we, we're we've been good with eight teams. There's um, it's been a good number for us in terms of the number of conference games we played, in terms of the number of non-conference games we played. Um, that also you know has an effect on how many teams we get in the NCAA tournament. As long as you're winning those nine conference games,
0: <laughs> um, so
3: I think I think there's more maybe to it than just the odd even number, but that certainly is something that come has come up. I mean, yeah, Atlantic Hockey, I believe, is, is at an odd number, and Hockey East is at an odd number. So there's there's quite a few um, at an odd number. So, yeah, I don't know that that's a make-or-break factor there for us.
2: Okay, because I keep oh. getting told they have to have an even number, So, and and I just didn't understand it. And, and now you know, Scott, there you go. You got it straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> it doesn't have to be an even number. Okay, I, I didn't say it had to be. I said it's
1: easier to be. When you put together a a schedule and you put together a tournament especially, it's much easier to have even numbers. But anyway.
3: I think think Scott's right. I think personally, this is just my personal opinion, I think the postseason maybe is where the the nine teams becomes a bigger issue than even the regular season because now you do have an odd number. And, you know, there's a couple ways you can go. You could just say, well, number nine seed, you just don't make it, and we stick with what we've got currently. Uh, You could give, I guess, the one seed – uh, a buy to the frozen face-off and have two through nine, you know, seed and play, and you'd have five teams, kind of like an old old WCHA final five, right? See, um, right. they worked then, this all out, Scott. And then okay. and then there's there's other, I suppose there's other, you know, formats you could do an eight nine play in, I guess, you know, to to get to eight teams. So there's 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 things that are out there um, that that could be done.
1: Okay, so. So I didn't want to go down this road, but I have to go down it now since you brought it up. Uh, so you're telling me that in the Big Ten was seven teams this year, and they brought in a surrogate member, if you will, or a temporary member in Arizona State to make it eight, and then they chose to have their conference tournament with just the seven. Okay, I get it. Hey, that's that's that's
3: that's that's a question for the Big Ten. That's uh, yeah. Don't, don't be don't be putting that on Michael. No, is, I, no. I I mean I, that's uh, that that wasn't our choice. There, so. As as to what what happened at Arizona State, and I
1: think they got. And I'm on record as saying this. I think they got totally screwed in the deal. Uh, I know they got to play games, which as an independent was important. But and I know they get reciprocating things when they come back when they have a new building, of course. Um, but I think they really got screwed in that deal. They, they had to play all the games on the road, weren't invited to the conference tournament, couldn't have the shootouts in their games uh, that, that they were playing in. And it just didn't seem like it was fair to me, but there again, that's my soapbox. Okay, Michael, <laughs> I, want, I, I was in to see that fantastic facility that you guys are in in Colorado Springs, and I told you when I drove up there, I thought I was going to drive right up the Rocky Mountains <laughs> before <laughs> I got to you. So So tell everybody listening, just how great a deal uh, it is to be where you're at in Colorado Springs. Sell us on that great location in the NCHC.
3: Yeah. So Scott, yeah, as you mentioned, you saw it firsthand. We are definitely spoiled. Our, our conference uh, office headquarters are in Colorado Springs and our office is located on the grounds of the Penrose house, which may uh, ring a bell for some people. Our, our regular season trophy is the Julian Spencer Penrose Memorial cup. So, Uh, It is the same people there are. That is why our regular season trophy is is named the Penrose Cup. Um, We are on the grounds of of their old house. And um, the couple or Spencer himself was actually uh, uh, made his money in in gold and copper and kind of mining out here in the mountains in Utah and Colorado. And um, so he was a big benefactor and has donated money to a lot of things around the city. But um, his old house has kind of become a multi-purpose facility and people can visit it but they can also rent it out and so there's a separate uh building that you saw scott kind of off of that um called the copper building appropriately enough um and that's where our office i think i went there first (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you probably you probably thought saw the actual penrose house and were like wow this place is incredible Um, ours isn't quite that nice but certainly the grounds are beautiful as you mentioned we have uh, deer and uh, occasionally we have bear visit us um, but um, definitely deer are, are on the grounds regularly and um, lots of trees and, and green grass, and they do a great job of maintaining the ground. So we're definitely spoiled in where we are. Unfortunately, the, uh, our staff hasn't really been in the office altogether since the pandemic started <laughs> over a year ago. Um, but we're hoping to move back to, to all of us, Josh, myself, and Bernard, our business operations manager, uh, I'll be back together in the office uh, in June sometime. So I think we're all vaccinated. So we're, we're hopefully moving in the right direction of back to normalcy.
1: Okay, so the schedule came out. Have I missed anything in NCHC talk? I know the uh, the new building at uh, Colorado College is nearly ready. I saw some uh, great pictures from there. But anything new and exciting that we need to know about the NCHC before we go into summer?
3: Uh, gosh, no. I mean, yeah, we, we had our annual meetings, and we've covered some of those topics. And, um, you know, we, uh, we, were, we presented uh, our first-ever Commissioner's Award to uh, Omaha Senior Associate Athletic Director Mike Kemp, uh, last week I think we announced that um, that was the first time we had presented that award. Uh, it's, it's given to uh, a person could be uh, someone within our conference or our members or even outside uh, who's done something really great uh, in one specific season or one specific event and um, like I said we hadn't given it out before because we didn't really feel like there was maybe someone worthy but uh, with all the work Mike Kemp did uh, as I mentioned he, he works at Omaha and runs Baxter Arena and so the work he did for us to, to run and execute the pod successfully. Uh, and then he also serves as the chair of the NSA division one men's ice hockey championship committee. Um, and this was obviously a very tough year for them having to select the field themselves without the pairwise, and having to find a new regional site out East uh, at the last minute. And so uh, for his work with the pod in the tournament, we felt he was worthy of it. And so uh, that was, that was an exciting announcement for us and, and something we were, grateful for all his work this season, and, and to be able to recognize him was something we felt was important.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. We touched on that with uh, Jordan, because Jordan's pretty familiar with, uh, sure. I think he called him Kemper.
3: So Kemper, yeah, Co- Co- Coach Coach Kempe, he was actually the original, uh, the first ever coach at Omaha when they started yeah. their program in yeah. the late 90s, so he's been there since day one uh, as a coach for, I think, 12 or 13 years, and in their administration ever since, so he's, he's, he's a great person, and a uh, great asset to have on our side for sure.
1: Well, I can tell you from my end of it, I can't wait to get back up there again and uh, have a few more bees thrown
2: at me. Paul, <laughs> you got one, you got one more last one with uh, Michael. Well, no, i have just, listen, he, he, I got this, some extra questions I wasn't expecting to get to with the, <laughs> with, with the nine teams or 10 teams or 11 teams. I don't want to single it down to just one number. Um, uh, I do hope that, uh, Uh, I can get out there before my stated goal of 2026. Uh,
3: (laughs) That would be good. Yeah.
2: That would be really good. Um, And uh, just want to say thank you and appreciate all the time and all the help and, and, you know, look forward to starting next season already. And if, like I said, if you can get them to play that a few of those (laughs) Wednesday, Thursday games, uh, we would re I I don't know about Scott, but I would really appreciate that. Anyway. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, the fans certainly prefer the, the Friday, Saturday normalcy, especially <laughs> if, if they can go in person, you know, it's easier when you don't have to worry about fans, but uh, trying to sell tickets and stuff, I think Friday and Saturday nights, but there could be occasional uh, unique situations like the Miami one and up in Minnesota, where you could get, could get a, a weeknight game. So uh, actually,
2: we'll have to start pushing that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
1: I'll leave it to Paul for that. Michael, thanks so much for taking some time uh, off of your day. I know it's uh you might be at home, but you never quit working because I know that job is, uh, is never ending. And, um, you know, kudos to everything that's going on at the NCHC. I uh, wore my jacket about three of the five days, uh, three of the six days I was at the, U uh, 18s and got so many comments about, Oh, the NCHC, I know them. I don't know. Them. You know, <laughs> so it, was, it was a lot of good chatter about the conference and, uh, Sean Barron certainly represented the uh, University of Denver very well and so did uh, Jack Kemp. And and Ty Murchison did uh, everything he could to represent ASU. So, uh, and I know guys, Red,
3: was, Red was the captain of the team, I believe, and you're going to Miami, right? So yeah, Miami, right? Yeah. So, join, jo- joining, his, joining his brother who's there currently. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, well, that's a family. That's a legacy thing right there. And by the way, Definitely. that's pretty good, Michael. Mentions in Texas, that's pretty good.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're 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 trying to expand our footprint. So Scott, I appreciate you repping us, and Paul, What's you're repping us, you're, you're you're repping us out east now. So you know, yes, trying sir. to trying to work into that market a little bit. So yeah, always uh, go. always good to to get our name out there and get the branding out there. So we appreciate you guys repping it, and appreciate all you guys do, uh, especially in, you know in, in Arizona, maybe a market that we don't get as much uh, attention from the media. So always always happy to hop on and, and chat some NCHC hockey with you guys. Awesome. All right,
1: make, make sure you tune in uh, Sunday night because uh, we have Rico on.
3: Yeah, that's, that's, my old, that's my old boss, you yeah. know, right? I know,
1: I know. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I thank you for your help in, uh, in connecting us because uh, we're glad to have him on. There's so many things to talk about. It might go two or three hours, Michael. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I definitely look forward to uh, to hearing what he has to say. He's a great guy, and uh, I've known him for really since he was a player at Miami, but certainly got to know him a lot better working with him as, as Miami's SID. So I look
1: look forward to that. All right. Michael Weissman joining us from the NCHC, the Director of Communications. We thank him for taking some time out and uh, jumping on with us today. Paul and I will be back in just two minutes to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. A little early on the live part of it, but it will be up uh, at uh, 7.30 Mountain Time as always as we own the 7.30 p.m. live time slot for podcasts in the Southwest. We'll be right back big school hockey college experience
4: in a small school setting, then Maryville University is for you. The men's team starts their third season of competition as the program adds an ACHA D2 men's team and a new ACHA women's D1 team. All three teams will call this two-sheet 84,000 square foot arena home, giving any player a varsity level feel. Playing in the brand-new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints will enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men battle against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. Located in the St. Louis suburbs, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country, offering both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. You know that there is no shortage of great Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos served all day to combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery.
2: UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas, while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today.
0: Ask any hockey player
4: in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game and style with summer skates, Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat comfortable and durable show up to the rink in style an authorized retailer of summer skate, you can purchase yours our website at icetimehockeysw.com
1: all right we are back college hockey southwest weekly our tuesday night show on the quad pod of hockey podcasts that own the 7:30 p.m time slot through the mountain time zone anyway uh, Scott Strandy with you from beautiful uh, Pecos, Texas, uh, on my way back to Arizona. Paul Hornstein from somewhere on Long Island. We got him out of the basement. He was getting a little stir crazy. So yeah, it was Paul. Uh, as I get ready to wrap up another episode here with you, uh, quickly if you can summarize uh, our visit with Michael because always great stuff that comes out of the NCC oh, yeah. and the uh, Conference of Champions.
2: Well, listen, I I did not know that Michael was a mind reader on top of everything else. Cause he obviously knew the questions I was going to ask. And he just led me right to most of them. And I <laughs> really do appreciate that, Michael. It makes things much easier when you do that.
3: <laughs>
1: I love it. He, he'll, he'll be glad to hear that, uh, that.
2: He led you into some great questions. You know, I mean, uh, what more can I ask for than him a- a- b- opening up the door to the questions <laughs> I wanted to ask. As, as an interviewer or an interview how much better do you get than that <laughs> you don't uh, he just
1: yeah, sent us see? a message that's laughing and saying happy to help so uh yeah i yeah, appreciate michael, that michael yeah anytime yeah. you're uh, you want to give us some info bring it on because we're always ready i don't want to say yeah. it's hot here already paul but my uh my uh, oh, my here we go. phone holder on the dash just fell off in the heat so uh, whatever yeah it yeah it's it's too hot for it okay yeah it's 55 Um, here i don't want to hear it oh well it's only 69 here according to the the car temperature but (sighs) that sun beating through the glass it's just like time to get you know a tan and the shorts on and all that good stuff Uh, (laughs) yeah okay so uh as i said uh, a lot of great stuff happening all over college hockey but uh uh, the guys that I saw in Team USA, as I quoted a couple different things, Team USA might have been the most talented team, although they were not the best team. And the reason I say that is is when you have a team like Team Canada that can do basically whatever they want, whenever they want, they have a great mix of unbelievable talent, but also some really good grit players that make a really, really good hockey team. And that's why they've been so successful in my estimation. I also found out that the Finnish team can shoot the puck like snipers. Um, the uh, Russian team can also shoot it like snipers, but the Russians get the puck off so much faster and with so much more velocity. But if you want somebody to pick a corner, grab a Finn guy because he,
2: uh, he can do it. Well, isn't that really uh, what Russian hockey was developed and has always been? Move the What's puck that? really fast? Yeah. And, and, oh, yeah, and shoot it really fast don't don't even and shoot it hard <laughs> yeah, I mean just basically barely let the puck hit your stick you yeah. know um, so uh, it's, it's 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 not a surprise to see that um, you know it used to be that also that the the Scandinavian teams uh, had the reputation of being able to be pushed around you can't do that anymore. Uh, as they develop more and more talent, um, they have added a lot of sandpaper to their game in the last 15, 20 years. Um, and that starts, obviously, at the younger levels. Um, it's just nice to, to see those have access to those games. Uh, and we haven't had that before, or at least uh, as easily as, say, this year with the, the games being on the NHL Network. So that was great to see. And, uh, you know, we now pretty much are going to gear up for next season, right? Because most of the kids that are either going to be in college or in college are done playing. And now basically we just watch for debuts, right?
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly it. And um, the only complaint I have on the whole thing, Paul, is how in the world does Notre Dame get five of those Team USA players? Why can't we spread out the wealth a little bit here, get a little bit more in the NCHC and, and maybe the Arizona State? But uh, No, kudos. I, I joke. Uh, but well, all of those players, very, very talented. They're all going to be uh, very good college hockey players, and some of them are going to be very good professional hockey players. So yeah. watch, watch the draft, match up some of the names with the guys that you saw the last 12 days and uh, and see where they fall. So, All right. I'll let you
2: take it away, my friend. All right, Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has presented College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G ultra band for business that America's been waiting for. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to Mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Buy summer skates. Play on the ice is heating up, so is the weather. Make it more important to keep those drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Behind the Mask and its three Valley locations, in line or on ice, we are the go-to place for all of your hockey needs. See us at behindthemask.com. By Oxypow, visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. By Burrito Express, our family recipes to your table. The place in the East Valley for great taste and great value. M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. By College Bar and Grill in Tempe. By ASU fans, for ASU fans. And by the NCHC and NCHC.tv. History, Blue Bloods, Upstarts, the NCHC has it all. And NCHC.tv has you covered. Go to nchc.tv and subscribe. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila's College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. College Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is a part of the Ice time Hockey sWcom network.
1: All right. Very well done, my friend, as always. We will say goodnight today. But first, we've got to thank Michael Weissman from the NCHC, the Director of Communications, for joining us today. Uh, midday, as uh, he helps us accommodate our schedule, trying to get our way back into uh, the normal 7.30 time slot, but you can still listen to it and download it, all your favorite sites. So... Um, I don't know what else to say. Let's uh let's talk again tomorrow when we talk with the uh, the head coach of uh, Adrian College of ACHA D one fame, the national championship, Gary Astalas, gonna join us tomorrow, and then Paul and I will be back Sunday night with Rico Blasi, the new head coach at uh, St. Thomas in beautiful downtown Minneapolis,
2: Saint Paul. Okay, Paul.
1: Um, anything more you got to say before we turn on De Niro and say goodnight?
2: Uh no that's it see you sunday okay good night everybody good night